0: heavenly father we pray that we would hear your voice that you would sow your seed in our hearts that it would spring up to 30 60 even a hundredfold we ask this in jesus name amen Where would your ideal holiday be? You might be the adventure type, uh, wanting to go and climb mountains, uh, or maybe ski down them. Uh, Perhaps you would prefer to get away from it all. uh, A little cottage in the middle of a forest, uh, far from other people, uh, with no phone signal and no Wi-Fi and no distractions at all. Or maybe you're the type who likes the beach, uh, water uh, lapping at your toes, uh, lying or sitting and just relaxing. Well, at the start of our Bible reading this evening, and it might be good if you turn back to Matthew chapter 13 uh, on page 978. At the start of our Bible reading this evening, uh, it seems as if Jesus is doing the same thing. In verse one it says that same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. How lovely that would be. Particularly on a day like that. You know, to be near the lake, to go and just sit by the lake, to get away from everything. But actually Jesus isn't there to get away from everything. Uh, He isn't there for some rest. Uh, We're landing into the middle of Matthew's Gospel this evening. And Jesus, in the chapters before, has been attracting a crowd. Uh, People who have followed him to uh, watch him perform uh, miracles of healing. uh, And to hear what he's saying, to listen to his teaching. In fact, the crowd is so great there in verse 2 that Jesus has to get into a boat. uh, That it's from the boat uh, that he teaches the crowd. This whole chapter of Matthew 13 is set on the lake shore. And it contains some of Jesus' teaching on the kingdom of God as he tells a series of parables. Parables. And you know what a parable is from your Sunday school days. It's an everyday story with a deeper or heavenly meaning. Over the the rest of the summer on these summer evenings, we're going to listen in as Jesus teaches us what the kingdom of heaven is like. So this evening, Jesus begins with a story that most of us have probably heard before. Uh, When you hear the the opening few words, you could probably tell me this story. Uh, And you think, well, why do we need to look at that one? We know that one already. Jesus says, a farmer went out to sow his seed. And as the farmer goes along, he spreads the seed. And Jesus tells us that it lands in lots of different places. The path where it's eaten up by the birds. The rocky places, which have a promising start, but then it withers as quickly as it sprouted. Among the thorns, where the plants are choked out, and finally, the good soil producing a crop. You've heard this story before. You you probably know what it's all about. You know that. Uh, In a few verses later as we read earlier. Jesus gives the explanation. But stop here. At the end of verse 9. And that's all Jesus says to the crowd. He tells the story. And that's it. If you were in the crowd that day. That's all you would have heard about the seed. And about the sowing. So I wonder what you would make of it. If you'd never heard the explanation. Would it seem as if Jesus was branching out into giving agricultural advice? Was he writing a column for the farming section of the newsletter on a Saturday morning? You know the big huge bit in the middle of the paper uh, where you have lots of pictures of young farmers and tractors and cows and all sorts of things like that. Is he on the Farmgate program at BBC Radio Ulster at some unearthly hour of the morning where they talk about the price of sheep and hoggets at the local mart? Is Jesus just giving some good advice whenever you're going out into the garden uh, to plant your seed, to, to tell you to be careful where to put it? Well, what is this story all about? You see in verse 10 the disciples come to Jesus probably later on in the day and they ask him why he speaks in parables. Why do you just tell stories? They might not have understood the parable either and Luke tells us that in his version of it. It's only to the disciples that Jesus explains the parable and next time and we'll think about the purpose of the parables. Why Jesus tells these stories. But what is this story all about? Well, Jesus starts with at what the people know. They all know about farming. that They either sow themselves or they've seen their neighbours dig. They know about at the different places that the seed could land. The way the seed grows in those places. But Jesus isn't just teaching us about farming. Instead he's pointing to the deeper truth. And it's highlighted in the last words of that parable uh, in verse 9. Have a look at it with me. Jesus says, He who has ears, let him hear. Whenever I was at school, uh, every few months I got a day off school uh, and a trip to uh, Belfast on the bus with either my mum or my granny, depending on who was free uh, to take me that day. Uh, And I would go to the the Royal Victoria Hospital. Uh, I would be put into a little box uh, and headphones on my ears and a little wooden stick in my hand. And what I had to do was listen really carefully for the little little noise. And when I heard the noise, I had to hit the stick on the block of wood. Because they were testing my hearing. Because sometimes I'm not great at hearing and had vents three times. That was why I was tested so often. Um, they were checking my hearing to see could I actually hear properly. Or imagine uh, a a busy house, Uh, the TV's on, Uh, maybe the the fan of the oven's on, Uh, there's lots happening. And yet a mum instinctively knows that the baby's crying. In all the noise, she can pick out the sound of the baby crying. And it's not just that, the wee one's crying, we'll let them be. No, it's hearing for action. The mother hears and goes straight away to see what's wrong. And Jesus is saying to us, what's your hearing like? Are you listening? Are you listening to do something about it? He who has ears, let him hear. In verses Uh, 18 to 23 which we'll focus on this evening. uh, Jesus explains the parable uh, and he says that it's all about our listening. It's all about what we do with the word that we hear. He begins uh, in verse uh, 19. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom in the parable Jesus is the sower. He's the one who is going out and spreading the seed. The seed is the message about the kingdom. It's the word of God. And just as Jesus sows the word, so we too are involved in sowing the word in lots of different ways and contexts. Whether it's in church or in organizations or at home. Uh, as parents teach their kids about God, uh, among friends, maybe at work. Lots of different ways that we can uh, sow the word. But sometimes perhaps we don't see the results we expect. We think, well, you know, if if I just share God's word with someone, they're they're going to accept it, they're going to believe, and, and they're going to become a Christian. And yet I don't have to tell you that it doesn't always work out that way. So why is that? Well, Jesus says as God's word is being sown, there are different responses and different reactions. Jesus says that we'll see these different results as we sow seed. Just as he did when he sowed the seed. The question is, which of these soil types are we? There's the seed sown along the path. The seed is scattered, but it bounces off again straight away. The birds come along and they eat it up. The seed doesn't get a chance to grow. Jesus says that's the people who hear the message, they don't understand it, and the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. Maybe you've brought along a friend to church in the past. You've been praying that they'll hear and repent and believe, but it makes no difference to them. You've thought it was a great sermon because someone else was preaching. But it doesn't get into them. It's as if you know the words have just bounced off. Nothing has really gone in. Perhaps at this point they're like the path. But keep praying. The next type of people, well they're more encouraging. Like the rocky soil, there's a quick sprouting. They hear the word, verse 20, and at once receive it with joy. They're madly keen. They go to every service and every prayer meeting and every wee meeting around the country and they're full on for the Lord. Well, at least for a little while. A fast sprouting and a fast falling away. Well, why is that? Verse 21, but since he has no route, he lasts only a short time. You see, it's not how we start that matters, it's how we finish. In marathon terms, you could run flat out for the first mile or two and then be flat out because you've collapsed, but you won't make it to the finish. Maybe you can think of people, maybe even people who were here, who were so very keen, they seemed to come to faith. They were very zealous. But then they haven't really been about since. We need to put down roots to be able to endure when things aren't so easy. And that's the case with this rocky sword. Jesus says when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. The good news sounds good. Yes, I'll go for that. But then the Christian life is harder than you thought. We need to be ready for the opposition and hardship that can come because you're a Christian. You see verse 22. That the trouble and persecution comes because of the word. Because you're a Christian. Because you are listening to God. To so put down firm roots to weather the trouble that will come because of the word. Encourage others who need help to get through the same trouble. Others, they're like the thorny ground. Again, there's some growth, there's some sign of life, but then it doesn't really get much farther. Verse 22, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it, making it unfruitful. The seed of the gospel needs space to grow. But if we're growing several sorts of plants on top of each other, then it'll, it'll not work. I'm not a gardener and I know that. But one plant will win through. One will get the nutrients and the water and dominate. And if we're watering our worries and our wealth, then the seed of the gospel can't grow as well. Perhaps we need to do some weeding to get rid of those thorns that choke us and keep us from being fruitful. The things that stop us from flourishing as a Christian. Now maybe all that makes you think, well, is it really worth it to do some sowing? You put your energy into preparing the Bible class for BB or GFS or your Sunday school class. Or you take the courage to share something from the Bible with a friend at work. Or you post your favourite verse on Facebook or Instagram. You put yourself out to do some sewing and nothing. Nothing really happens. You're discouraged by no response. Or you're discouraged by a quick response and then falling away. Or by seeing someone fail to reach their potential. And you think, is it worth it? Is it worth it? And Jesus says yes. You see, alongside the path and the rocky ground and the thorny ground, there is also the good soil. The person who hears the word and understands it, the seed goes in and produces a crop, yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. A bumper crop. It's worth it when the good soil. Gets the gospel seed. But you might be asking yourself, well, what was the problem with the first three types of sowing? Was it the seed that was faulty? But Jesus says no, because it was the same seed uh, that was spread everywhere. Was it the sower that was faulty? But no, it's the same sower. The difference comes in the type of sowing, that is, the response to the word. Whenever we sow the seed, whenever you share God's word with a friend, you might get any or all of these responses. But that should inspire us to keep going. Because the 30 and 60 and a hundredfold is worth it. To see that spring up to eternal life. And for the hearer. For each of us as we gather here tonight. As we hear God's word. For each of us as we sit down to read God's word. Jesus says, he who has ears, let him hear. So how is your hearing? Which type of sword are you? How will you receive God's word? Do you maybe need to break up the rocky ground or clear away the weeds in your heart and in your life to help you hear better? To provide the place for God's word to flourish in your life and to produce that fruit. As we hear God's word, as we commit to study God's word, may this seed go deep into our hearts and spring up to eternal life 30, 60 and 100 fold let's pray Heavenly Father we thank you for the opportunity to hear your word Thank you that the seed of your gospel has been sown uh, in our hearts tonight. We pray that you would help us to respond rightly. That we would be that good soil where your word takes root and produces fruit. Father, we pray that you would do that mighty work in our hearts And in our lives. In Jesus name. Amen.